Welcome to another issue or episode of Dr. James Beckett's Sports Card Insights. We're going to talk about 1990 Upper Deck Baseball today. That that product, uh, Rich Klein and I talked about 89 Upper Deck, uh, 30th anniversary of that inaugural set. This is the second year, and we talked about how sometimes the second year sets don't fare quite as well as the initial set. A lot of enthusiasm after a successful launch of the first set. And then back in those days, there was uh, quite a bit of production sometimes. When they had a good thing, they they uh, really gave it a good run. Thanks to our sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading Services, Beckett Authentication Services, Burbank Sports Cards, 43 million cards out in Burbank, California, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Aurora, Colorado, a great card shop for you to pop in on, ComC, check out, formerly check out my cards, ComC.com, good place to buy and sell your uh, cards. I do that. I like, I like Beckett Marketplace. I like ComC. Uh, eBay, not a sponsor, but we'll talk about eBay today as well. The auction companies, Heritage, locally here. I like those guys, as well as Huggins and Scott out in Maryland. They also have some interesting high-end and not-as-high-end lots that are fun to bid on. Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck, three companies that have uh, stood the test of time and enjoyed... Uh, mostly winners. The set we're going to talk about today was was not a big winner. Actually, it might have been a reasonably big, big winner at the time because I think the presses were were uh, rolling quite a bit. As we said, Upper Deck had, uh, uh, with one of the founders, they had some, uh, in, well, state-of-the-art printing capability for for that time. So 80, I mean, 90 Upper Deck was continuing on with the outstanding production and paper stock quality and coating and hologram that the 89s had. But they didn't have Ken Griffey. They had Sammy Sosa. They had uh, Juan Gonzalez, David Justice, uh, Larry Walker. And uh, I'm not sure any of those guys will make the Hall of Fame. They might at some point, but uh, and we, we could discuss that. But again, no uh, junior like uh, Ken Griffey Jr., who is uh, was uh, is uh, a pretty automatic and iconic generational talent. So the set you can still get the set for twenty twenty five bucks. Factory sets are available. In fact, I. I wound up getting an, a factory set in a in a group of cards that I got. I don't know when that was, maybe six months ago, and I just haven't done anything with it. It's not easy to sell because it's heavy. I'll I'll wind up doing something with it. It's uh, and I'll 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 get to that. At any rate, the the set was um, yeah, I could think it was well received back in the day. They were they were they weren't scarce, but they were they were marketed. They had. Uh, you know, 800 cards. They had all the all the sets. They also had the uh, the Reggie Jackson rookie cards that were randomly inserted. And even though there's 2,500, you'd think, wow, they, you'd, that'd be easy to get. 
Well, not in those days when there were so many cases being produced. Uh, I don't know if they're one per case or whatever, but, but they, they weren't easy. And they came out first with the 700 cards, then they had a 100-card kind of extended set that also came in a factory set as well. They did the upper deck promo sheets, well, not promo sheets, but event sheets in 1990 as well. They started in 89, I think, and then 88. I mean, at 90, they did some more, not many, but uh, as I said before, if those had been two and a half by three and a half, and uh, that they would be, uh, they they would uh, have have a following. But and ninety one is when those upper deck collectible sheets, the nine by twelve or eight and a half by eleven, what uh, whatever size they are, they're they're, um, they're probably nine by twelve. So I think they're too big for uh, eight by ten uh, sheets. So suppose you're in nineteen ninety. In 1991, any year between now and the present, and somebody calls you up, whether you, whether you, somebody, people know you're a collector or you've got a card shop or you're, people know that you're active in, in buying and selling cards and you get a friend or an acquaintance calls you and said, Hey, I've got some cards. I'd like to sell them to you. I don't want them anymore. And, uh, would you be interested? Well, of course, if it's over the phone, you, you have no way of knowing, but you'd ask, some questions. One of the first things you'd ask is what is there any, are there any logo, any T's or F's or D's or UD's or any kind of uh, logo looking thing on the front of the card that might identify the, the card manufacturer? And that'd be a good start. The next thing is that we'll turn the card over to the backside and see if there are any years discussed. In fact, if there are statistics listed, uh, what's the last year of statistics that are mentioned on the back of the card? And if they tell you that's 1989, it's upper deck, then you know that's a 1990 upper deck card. So even if they tell you they have a Griffey, if it's talking about the 89 season, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, his, his rookie card. If you applied that rule back to the, to the, 1950s, many of the cards in the 50s and earlier, it, it was pretty cryptic. There weren't year-by-year statistics on the back of every one of them, and there weren't always logos on the front for the card for the, the card company. But you could gradually deduce it. And when I had to uh, receive those phone calls back in the 70s, uh, gradually you worked it out, and you'd ask them about some player names, and sometimes the the player would only be uh, a player would be somebody that was only in one year for a certain team, and you just had to know know your stuff. I always felt that upper deck had a little bit of a half point uh, grading advantage uh, out of the pack in that uh, the quality control. Again, I think the other companies caught up, but if I knew that there, frankly, if the phone call came and they said I've got a bunch of cards and we deduced they were from 1990 because of 89 statistics on the back, I guess I wouldn't be very excited whether they were Donruss or Fleer or Tops or Score or Upper Deck. Uh, none of the, uh, all of those were, were uh, reasonably heavily produced and uh, so they, they wouldn't be very exciting. So I picked out a couple of cards uh, in the set that are two of the better cards. One, Sammy Sosa, who uh, would be in the Hall of Fame, who was based on career statistics, but uh, may 
be on the outside looking in forever or for a long time based on the uh, allegations of his um, uh, performance-enhancing uh, uh, drug use. Uh, but uh, in his prime, when <laughs> he was... He was an amazing home run hitter and was very instrumental along with Mark McGuire and then Barry Bonds in uh, uh, grabbing the attention of the American public in these home run races. But his his uh, rookie card for Upper Deck uh, was is listed at three bucks in raw, which would still be nice, and fifteen in a in a mint or like a 9.5 for BGS or a 10 for PSA. 15 bucks, that's, uh, and it's not that hard to get 9.5s or 10s. Uh, there, there, there's certainly a lot more 9s and 8.5s, but they're, they're not scarce in that thing. If you go on, uh, uh, on the Beckett Marketplace or ComC or go to Burbank, you see different prices for the raw cards. And on ComC, you can look and see the exact condition. So even though there are cards there for a quarter, you'd want to scrutinize very carefully if that's a quarter because it's uh, just a good deal or it's a quarter because it's uh, got a, a, a flaw that you it, it's difficult to see. Beckett Marketplace, you've got lots to pick from there in the, you know, under a dollar uh, Burbank is not, uh, the market leader there, but again, they're, they're not, um, they're, they, I think they're, they, they are competitively priced on everything, but they're, uh, the, the, uh, rookie cards sometimes, they're not as responsive, thinking perhaps that eventually they'll sell. It's a good card. Graded, uh, ComC, eBay, you can, and, uh, even though it's it's uh, listed at fifteen bucks in the in the Beckett uh, OPG, generally I was seeing them higher in the twenty twenty five dollar range and in those places again not scarce but but not not plentifully they're certainly in the nine point five and ten range. For Larry Walker, uh, another guy I looked at uh, card number four sixty six, also his rookie card. He may not make the Hall of Fame because he played in Colorado. He had a strong arm. He good hit for power and average, but his uh, statistics are tainted more for uh, the park he played half his games in. So his uh, OP, uh, OPG value in the in the online price guide or in the the paper the, the print price guides that Beckett Media produces a buck fifty for his. A raw card, which again is assuming it's in very, very nice shape, and then twelve bucks for his um, nine point five or ten uh, card graded. And as you might expect, if you look on the Beckett Marketplace and Burbank and ComC and the places where they have individual cards, you can generally get his raw card for under a buck. eBay. Same thing. The raw cards on eBay, you could look at them. You, you can see Sosa's for a buck and Walker's for a buck, but you just, you know, you've got to deal with the shipping and some other things. So uh, on the other hand, there was a, a, a slight competitive advantage for eBay over ComC 
in terms of the uh, graded version. So I saw copies, uh, ComC, I saw $20, but I saw 12 and 15 on uh, eBay. So uh, shop around. Some things are, are better one place. Some things are, are better another place. But uh, after you've shopped around a while, you kind of get the idea. The 90 complete set factory set has mention of the 3D team logo holograms, which at this point, again, almost 30 years later, that is not exactly cell copy. That is not going to entice anybody to jump in and say, oh, at the factory set, I'm going to get these 3D team logo holograms. Talks about an assort, and it mentions it again, assortment of team logo holograms, which, you know, not are virtually unsaleable, I think, but then high number series included. And an underrated aspect of the, of factory sets is when that factory, it says set in numerical order. To me, that's a big deal. It's, I've picked up factory sets. When it's not in, in numerical order, you wonder, are all the cards there? Has the, has the key card been, been pulled out? When they're in numerical order, you, you basically know. They also tout that the high numbers include traded players and newest rookies. Traded players was part of the vernacular of the day then, but it, 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 it really is not what people get excited about. The rookies, but again, when it's, when it's overproduced, uh, not, not, still not very exciting. And then they mention, which was a big deal, a big marketing push in 1990, early 90s for sure, is that every card is counterfeit proof. This was part of Upper Deck's pitch to the uh, Major League Baseball properties and the Players Association that uh, the other companies uh, were uh, not responsive to that concern. And so the, uh, the Upper Deck had these, uh, these holograms on every card that provided a, uh, as long as that hologram was there, it would be difficult to counterfeit something and and uh, and uh, put the hologram on it. So that is the 1990 Upper Deck baseball set, uh, the product, the set, the factory set, the packs. Again, not very exciting, just like when I did 90 score football, it's... Maybe not junk wax, because if somebody, if you gave a kid a set, uh, the, especially a factory set, I think they'd have enjoyment going through the cards. There's a lot of uh, 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 subsets in there that are that are with artwork and and uh, good production values. But as far as an investment, it it's been kind of stuck stuck at its at its uh, original price. But again. Um, Depends on what your collecting objectives are. If it's to if it's to if it's to buy low and sell high, I'm not sure we're going to get to the sell high for that set. Again, thanks for your attention. We'll do another topic tomorrow. Uh, again, for your feedback, we'll do more of some things and less of others. If you find some of these things of value, I want to be doing things that other uh, that that are not otherwise being done. And if I can give a tidbit or two in each of these episodes that causes you to think differently or better.